We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, hi, Rhonda. How hi, are you Laura. Today? I'm very good. Yeah. Okay, let's start today with a little icebreaker <laughs> okay. question. All I'm right? ready. So the question today is, when was the last time you cried? Okay, so we're talking about just cried. Not spiritually, because I do cry a lot of my devotions. <laughs> you do. I, I think I see you every Sunday wiping tears. Every <laughs> time you lead worship, and you, you're like wiping your uh, eyes. I don't know how you can sing and cry at the same time. That's I know. Well, <laughs> they're just gentle tears, because if I was ugly crying, there'd be no singing. Because I don't cry pretty. Okay, let me think. The last time I really cried would be when V graduated, which would be like a June. Honestly, it hit me. Like a ton of bricks. I was not expecting it. We went to the school because of COVID. It was super scaled back. Right. But they had a stage in the gym and the principal was there and she got to wear her cap and gown. And I'm not even kidding. She They announced her name and we're standing there and we're taking her pictures. The ugly cry came over me. I pictured her walking down my street when you know we lived at her old house with her little Barbie backpack waving at me to get on her bus for the very first time. And it was like this... You know, you hear that the real of just her school years, all the driving. It was like in that 30 second walk, well, 10 second walk, this real. And I began to ugly cry like so much. So I couldn't even take the picture. I had to give the camera to Jay and I was crying. I cried all the way out of the gym, all the way into the next section when they were <laughs> greeting all the parents. And I was actually embarrassed. I couldn't stop crying like ugly crying oh and you know i i don't actually express a lot of emotions through crying i'm not an uh, it's i'm very emotional inside i just I'm don't emotional inside i feel I'm things <laughs> but it doesn't come out through tears like i if i'm sad about something i don't often cry about it like i i'm not an overly emotional externally emotional people but i feel things very deeply but when i cry it's like a floodgate it's almost like it builds all up and it just comes out however i joke that god mix things up because when i laugh i cry crazy so it's like yeah it's like my tear ducts are mixed up like i i cry when i laugh but i i don't often cry when i'm sad but this that was the last time i cried and it was a little embarrassing like i was really trying to get myself together and v kept saying mom like mom's why are you crying so i'm like i don't know i don't know i I couldn't even talk i was like and i was kind of it was just our family walking to the gym so it's not like i can even hide and jay's looking for kleenex and i'm like this is crazy so that was the last time i cried (laughs) but really sweet but i know i kind of was overcome how about you was the last time you cried oh that's so beautiful well um (laughs) i'm I'm similar (laughs) to maybe it's our german background that we share we're probably unemotional (laughs) stop crying (laughs) i mean i don't remember being told to stop crying but for whatever reason yeah i also do not really express emotion uh in tears or crying but funny enough we showed a video at church recently and it was so beautiful and i've watched this video like probably like five times it's not like i hadn't seen it before but i just love this story so much and it's so beautifully put together about you know adoption and just like belonging to the family of god and and it was just beyond beautiful and so then I have to, after the video, I have to get up and host oh. and I am a mess, oh. but I could feel the entire service from the start all the way through worship. Like I could feel myself kind of just coming undone. Like it was just such a powerful, powerful Sunday. And I get up and <laughs> like, like it's so bad. So I'm up there and I'm crying. So then, but I have to like, I have to transition through. Like do announcements. <laughs> But I, I'm crying through the whole thing. Like my oh voice is Lord. like cracking. I have tears. Like I'm I'm like, welcome to Life Center. <laughs> like crying. I'm like, this is oh. horrible. Oh. <laughs> and also because it's not normal for me. I mean, some people, you know, they just cry so beautifully and like I know. just keep going. But no. The I'm floodgate. Like, oh my goodness. This is crazy. But outside of that, um, probably the last time I cried was my grandfather's a memorial service oh, okay. when we met he passed during COVID, and so we had to wait you know a few months to to be able to get together as a family and celebrate his life and 
it was so beautiful just to be able to honor him and uh and just a beautiful space to grieve as a family so that was probably Mm -hmm. the last time but honestly like i don't cry very much like hardly at all do tears really come out and particularly when i'm sad it's not a Mm -hmm. way that Mm -hmm. sadness comes out it's not that i don't feel sad i do and and i kind of go i'll go there but it's it doesn't come out with crying but yeah. Oh. Okay. Funny enough, when you were talking back to Sunday, yeah, I was my back was turned because after we led after worship, we came into a back room, and I just was like, I need a coffee. My back was turned as you went up on the screen, and I could hear you. And right away, I turned around. I was like, Lori's bawling. <laughs> and Jacinta's like, How'd you know? I'm like, the sound of her voice. And then it did a close up, and I could see all these little glistening of tears, oh, like your eyes are yeah. all wet. And just, just like, I can't believe you knew that. I was like, no, you can't tell. Like her voice is like, you could hear like the oh, choke. Yeah, like the choke, the, the tight choke. voice. Yeah, yeah, but you were so tender. Like even yeah. you're, you're almost like, I'm not ready to, <laughs> to just transition just yet. Like, yeah, I just give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> but right away, but you can see her tender. crying. I'm looking out no. and there's Kleenex and sniffing. Everywhere. Like everyone is crying oh. and I'm, that's making me cry more. <laughs> well, I walked into the foyer then after that, people are bawling. There's Kleenexes are like, oh, I'm so touched. I was like, it this, was so it was so beautiful. beautiful. Like when the father says like, I love you. Oh. I, I, I can't, I can't eat. Like I, I'm, I'm done. I can't. It's just so. No, but Lori, it's not often oh. we see you like that, like in that way. So I was like, right away, I was like, she's crying. Oh man, <laughs> I know, I know. I held it, it, so I held beautiful. it together for the second service. Oh, you're so beautiful. Even you cry. Just like, shut it down. Don't shut it down. No, I'm just kidding. We gotta let it flow. We gotta let it go. So beautiful. I love that. It was a beautiful day. Well, you know, when yesterday, just speaking about God doing a deep work, like when we think of the story, we heard the testimony and how God is just going to this deep place. There really is a word that God keeps going into a deep place with us as well, and that is the lethargy word. We we it's almost like this is part three. We just can't kind of get out of it. And even last night we had a worship night that was explosive like honestly when i think about it, it's been over s- almost a year and a half it'll be two years maybe in january we have a worship night I think maybe the heart conference in march would have been the last time that yeah. we like corporately like that in a corporate setting like mm-hmm. with that kind of intensity mm-hmm. and that kind of just exuberance and passion and oh. fervor like this yeah. the fervor of the space so yeah it's been so, uh, march 2020 that i know it, it was so profound and with mass on people were everything in their bodies that could clap raise their hands jump they were just so, so involved in the, the service men. last night the, the men, men. I, when i just scanned the room and the men like unashamed like two hands yeah fully up in the air oh it was powerful, and our youth beautiful. and our young adults like yeah. shout out to our young adults we love our young adults and our youth and so it was just so moving and then families like young kids like their whole family coming so anyway i was just looking out and it was just we had an opportunity to share the prophetic word again of, of lethargy and i mean even after last night i i'm still trying to unpack this word because there's so many dimensions to it and even i went home and i was actually a little embarrassed because i was so aggressive with the word and i really felt like the spiritual breaking of the word like almost like the breaking down of the stronghold of some of like the lethargy apathy cozying up familiarity like those spiritual strongholds yeah like in the spirit breaking it but there's so many different aspects and dimensions to this word like there's the spiritual stronghold part of it of like in the spirit breaking down the strongholds but there's also the activation of of how are we walking this out how are we feeling we've talked about that like we are struggling through it we're not waking up every day like we're taking this we feel it (laughs) Woo! no we're literally choosing it yeah choosing it tired wrestling like we're up for another fight but we wrestled yesterday we're not fully recovered from it but we're getting up again we're not tapping out so okay, just wait, that. Just go back for a second, though. Yes, you said you were like embarrassed. What do you mean by that? Like, well, yeah. Okay, sorry. I should go back. Yeah. yeah. I after I was like, I'm too much. Like, I am what? just really? too much. Because wow. sometimes when I give a prophetic word yeah. and I feel like the fire of God in my spirit, I I'm literally like a battle ram. Like yeah. I get this battle ram spirit. I even felt going to bed last night struggling with. Oh, I shouldn't have shared it like that. I get too aggressive in the spirit. Maybe I, you know, I'm too much. I'm just way too much. And I just feel like once again, the enemy 
you always know when you're stepping on things, he will come and really try to rob the ground or rob our confidence in Christ. Now, do we do things perfectly? No. Are we learning? There's sometimes our zeal takes over and we're always unpacking things in a way that we're learning and growing in our gifting. But just so you feel encouraged, even as we step out and as we do things that are We just feel God asking us to do, we won't do it perfectly. And the enemy though will come and come with our insecurities and say, you know, you're too much for people. You're always so aggressive. Why don't you just be softer? Why don't you just share it? Or you should have shared it like this. You should have done this. And honestly, I have to wrestle through insecurity. I have to wrestle through feeling like I am too much. Wow. You know what I have to say though? that that is not how we receive you in that moment. Like maybe I can't speak for everybody in the room, but I know like as I'm receiving a word like that, and even with that kind of intensity that you bring, like sometimes you'll even bring that same intensity when you lead worship, like you'll bring this intensity. And honestly, it does feel like a forerunning spirit. It does feel like you're kind of going ahead of us and breaking down the foul ground so that we can begin to take the ground that we need to take and it's like refreshing and it 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 gets you excited and it gets you fired up and i think that's what it's meant to do that that gift the way that god has designed you and created you to kind of step into those spaces it does it accomplishes exactly i think what he desires for it to accomplish so it is so interesting though that you can step away from those moments and then be like questioning or feeling embarrassed or feeling or second guessing even yourself and because it's true that is the work of the enemy that is not mm-hmm. um that like that is that is not from the lord and not that you're not open to, for the lord to say hey you know Absolutely. you stepped into your flesh or something like that but last night was definitely not one of those cases for yeah. sure and yeah. even when when you feel it coming over your body to yes. step into yes. a moment like that honestly we need it like we need it and something in the spirit needs that. And so we just receive that ministry from you and it is beautiful and powerful and so loved. So I just want to affirm that f- for you. But I, I really appreciate you sharing the wrestle because I think it's important that all of us hear that mm-hmm. because we have that. I have that yes. too. There's moments that, you know, I say something or I share something and I get, you know, off off the stage and think, oh, oh my gosh, I should not have said that. Or why did I say that that way? Or, or even you just get thrown off in a moment by something else. A thought comes into your mind or you see something and it triggers a thought or an idea or a a memory or whatever. And you're, and then all of a sudden you're, you're thrown off and you're like, and you're in front of Mm -hmm. people. It's, it's, there's lots that's kind of going on mm-hmm. as you step into those spaces for for you and for mm-hmm. me and you know for anybody mm-hmm. for anybody with that responsibility but thank you for sharing that with us because I think it's important to be because I think even as we were this podcast is meant to do to say listen we're moving in the opposite spirit but even we step off the stage the op like the enemy will come in and yeah. rob this is behind the scenes this is behind the scenes the wrestle is real like the wrestle is real of even aligning to say no you know what? i took a step of faith and it's not about perfection it's about honest, honestly just putting yourself out there and going for it and being who god's created you to be because i don't always want to be that big loud kind of ramp and that but there is something in me that is like i have an intensity i've had since i was little like when i sing i don't i can't do soaky songs well but that's why we need the body of christ together that's why we need the blend of one another <laughs> and the that. significance no well. it's so funny we'll don't, do, call, don't call robert do the soaky <laughs> song <laughs> well they'll be like hey who wants to? i'm like Oh, I, I don't know. I'm going to end up taking that song, like probably not where it needs to go. Like, give I me. I think it's funny because I think on our team, probably you and I, sometimes <laughs> I can feel this too because you and I, they'll, you know, the team will be like, okay, do you want, you know, like a break, like a breakthrough song or something a little more softer? And you and I are always like, oh, we want the breakthroughs. <laughs> bring the breakthrough song. Bring like, us, take the hill. Declar- you know, the yeah. declarative, yeah. like bring it. Yeah. Like we, we want every, t- like every yeah. time, hands down. And I think it's funny because sometimes they're probably like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> <laughs> can't we just rest in the lord <laughs> i know and that's why we need each other because we were the body of christ but it really is true behind the scenes you may see leaders stepping out and having these words or taking steps of faith but behind the scenes 
we have to wrestle and align our spirits to say, okay, enemy, obviously we stepped on something because you are now tormenting with thoughts of insecurity, thoughts of you shouldn't, or you're too much. You're too much. Pull back, shrink back, tone it down, you know, and Anyway, all that to say, like, I, I know that when that happens, I know it's a wrestle. It's something like, okay, God, you're going deeper. But I also recognize that this word is going somewhere and it's trying to be stopped, like mm. almost yeah. the breaking of the word. But when we've been talking about the application of the word and what does it mean to, you know, step out of lethargy, to actually walk in the opposite spirit, we're not talking on the doing side because it actually could be the opposite where God is asking us for radical obedience. Lethargy is about being sleepy, comfortable, sluggish, lazy, like that Like that very, oh, I'm just going to relax, just coast. I'm sleepy, I'm tired, versus I am fully awake. But when you're awake doesn't mean you're always doing something. It's like I'm fully fixed on what God is asking me to do in this moment. And so it could be the opposite. It could be resting in Him. It could be taking your free time and going and ministering to somebody. It could be all of a sudden someone knocks on the door and you're not, instead of just being like, okay, thank you so much. Literally saying, would you like to come in for a cup of coffee? Which, to be honest, is hard for me. Mm -hmm. Time, God is going to deep places like a knife in my heart, not just on what we do externally, but on how we're surrendered internally, how we're surrendering our time, our talent, our treasure. This is what God is going, that's where the lethargy is, the comfort spaces, and that looks different for all of us. But there is a knife, like he's cutting away the lethargy, and it's a good thing, like it's a good thing. So good, wow, so good, it's true, it's true. There's a lot of conviction, beautiful conviction, beautiful, beautiful repentance, you know, that's coming out of this and, and needed as we as we walk it out. But I had this picture in my mind, um, you know, as you were talking, as I've been pondering this word, of like, you know, when you go on a long car ride or a long journey, a, des a destination, let's say you're gonna drive across Canada. I mean, it's gonna take a very, very, very long time. and most of the time while you're driving, you know, not that much is happening. And that it kind of feels like that in our walk of faith, like in this journey that we're on of faith, like, you know, moment to moment, it doesn't feel like significant moments are happening constantly. It's a very much a walk of faith. It's very much a line upon line. It's walking in obedience. It's just walking out the disciplines of following Jesus. You know, becoming a disciple is not like high after high after high after high after high. It's like highlights that come along this journey that's really just feels the same mm. most of the time, very much like a long, long, long car ride. And eventually there's a destination that we all know that we're headed towards, which is eternity. And it could come sooner or later for some people. We, we really don't know the day, but there is an eventual destination that we're all heading to. And then there's little gifts and surprises along the way of, you know, encounters with God and revelations and, you know, even opportunities to share our faith and to walk alongside other people and all these, you know, experiences that bring joy to the journey. But I just had this picture of like, you know, as you're driving, you're looking forward. You you must look forward. If you're in the driver's seat, you must be looking forward because you, you have to be aware of your surroundings. You've got to be able to see. And even the way a car is designed, you can see the entire front of your car. You can even your peripheral vision can see kind of out of the side windows. You have your two mirrors so you can see at the back what's mm -hmm. going on. And you're constantly taking in the fullness of your surroundings. And you had shared, you know, as part of this word, this, this call to attention, like this fix your eyes on the king, fix your eyes on God and follow him. I mean, you've been saying this over and over again on the podcast too. follow the king wherever he goes. Like we must be at attention. And it kind of confirms even the word that I had about, you know, the Lord preparing us like an army, you know, mm. that we're being trained like an army. And there is this call to attention. And I picture, you know, us all standing with our hands saluted at our forehead, like this call to attention, ready, getting ready for the orders. But what's happening, what's actually happening. And I think this is part of where this lethargy is slipping in, in such subtle ways that we can't even, we don't even see it. It's like, um, you know, when there's an accident on the road, 
It's so fascinating. It happens every single time. And we all do it. Every single one of us do it. We turn and we look, we break. So we put our brakes on. We all slow down. Everyone does just because they want to look. That's the only reason we're slowing down. We all slow down. We all look. So we, our attention gets off of our journey, what's in front of us, off of being able to see all of our surroundings, we fix it on one thing. It's fixed on that one thing. And we're trying to take in all the information and we're, it's like, it's like our human nature is like attracted to destruction. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we, like the wreckage, like, it's like, we want to, it's like, we want to take it in. I don't know what that is about us, but like we don't look away, we look at it and we want to take it all in. And the more gruesome it is, we're like, oh my goodness. And like, you know, I know some people will begin to pray in that moment, but we all look at it and we all stare at it and we all like take in all of this destruction. We just want to see as much and the slower we can go, we kind of like it, you know, we kind of love it so that we can really take it in and see what's happening. And there's ambulances and fire trucks and all the things, you know, and I think it's like in that space, like as the world seems to be getting darker and darker and darker, it seems to be pulling our attention, not necessarily that we're entering into it, but we're looking at it. We're seeing it. We're getting kind of drawn into it, sucked into it. We want to follow the story. We want to know what's going to happen next. We're like continually feeding on, watching, fixing our attention on sort of this this brokenness that's happening in the world. And we do this through social media and the news and just trying to keep up with all, you know, I mean, it's, it's just getting, <laughs> it's, I didn't think it could get worse than last year at this time, but it is so much worse than last year at this time. Like it is just a mess. But I think that in that space, mm. our attention is not where it's supposed to be. And so that's where the enemy's coming in. And we don't even see that the potential danger that's coming down the road now because our eyes are fixed on something else. They're off where they're supposed to be. And I think this whole call is really a call back to fix our attention forward. And I and I think the radical side of this call is literally like the Lord is saying like, stop looking, stop fixing on the destruction. Stop fixing on death, like the things that produce death. Stop fixing on that. Not even that you're entering into it. Not even that you're taking that in. Like we're looking at divisions and we're, you know, we're trying to not live that way. Not even that you're look like you're obsessed about it. You're looking at it. You're fixed on it rather than having your eyes fixed firmly Mm. on the King, following the King, wherever he's going. It's like, he's saying, don't even look that way because you don't see the danger that's coming wow. ahead. You're wow. about to hit the car in front of you. You're about to be in your own destructive mess if you don't. And the enemy's just sweeping in in this space with like very subtle things. So it's like these two contrasts. And I, I mean, I shared about that in an earlier podcast. These two contrasts are happening simultaneously. All of this darkness that we can see and it's so obvious Meanwhile, we're distracted by that, not even maybe taking it in, just looking at it. Mm. And it's distra- It's a, enough distraction that we can't even see the way that the enemy is sort of subtly lulling us into this space of, meh, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to engage there. I'm not going to connect. I'm not going to go back to church. I'm not going to, you know, I'm much more comfortable. Co- like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like there's danger like we're just about to crash like there's danger ahead mm. and you shared about this video game because yeah, i thought this is a, a great illustration is. for this kind of similar sense yeah we have this game it's called start the party and my kids love it it's hilarious it's got a camera and when you're on this game you it you do different activities on it and whatever because it's got a camera it actually puts things in your hand so you could be playing i don't know tennis and all of a sudden you have a tennis racket and you're on the screen like you can with a yourself. cartoon tennis racket hitting okay. the ball that comes off the screen and you have like a little joystick okay well there's one called wake up the bird and it's a bell and you have to ring the bell and the bird is sitting on this perch sleeping and a little fox, like a fox is coming in the background to eat the bird. So the thing is, you have to ring the bell as hard as you can. Now, it's crazy. Like if you just ring the bell lightly, it doesn't work. You literally look ridiculous ringing this bell, okay, to wake up this bird and it flies away. And it's saved. And I was thinking, that's kind of what God's doing. He's ringing the bell because he wants to start the party. He wants to start the party. The game is called Start the Party. 
And I was like, you know, the party is salvation. It says when one soul repents, all of heaven rejoices. God, there is a party in heaven, but God wants to start a great party in Canada. He wants to start the party. But the thing is, we got to wake up. It's like, and this is the bell. It's the bell. Like there's a lethargy. We're just sleeping on the perch, just sleeping, snoozing. The fo- the wolf is right behind us or the fox is right behind us, ready to eat us. And God is like, I'm ringing the bell first off to save your life. Like I am, I want you to live a life alive. Like I'm, I want you to be alive, like not robbed, not destroyed, but I also want to bring you into the party. I want to start a party. I want to do a party. And I think this is exciting. It's meant to encourage the church that the word of lethargy is not meant to discourage us or feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. I am not enough. That's the opposite. Once again, it's a robbing of the enemy. Just like I spoke about the word, the enemy comes in to rob, steal, and destroy every seed, every declaration, every step of faith. That's the work of the enemy. He wants to even take the word of lethargy and make you feel like I'm not enough. I'm not enough. No, that's the opposite. God is ringing the bell to say, you are so much enough that I need you. I want to part you. I want you to be partnered into the great work I'm doing because I'm starting a party and I don't want you to miss it. I want you to be part of the party. And so the bell is exactly, I want radical obedience because I want to be a part of the commission. I want to be part of salvation. We are here for a short time. When you actually think of that, we are just passing through these 90 years just say 90 years. God willing, that's an amazing gift to have 90. We're not even guaranteed tomorrow, but just say 90. In all of light of eternity, we've got a mission and the mission is about going and making disciples. And it has somehow become, and I speak to myself when I'm saying this, in the Western world about my own life, what I want, even my time, things that I'm like, well, I've had a hard day. You know, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. And somehow we feel like we're, we're entitled to a certain type of rest or I don't want to burn out or I don't versus if we are fully surrendered to God, he will take care of the wisdom, the rest, the work, our families, our marriages, because that is all that God comes to give life. This is part of life. He loves it. He wants to start the party in our house. He wants to start the party in our spirit. He wants to be filled with joy. We don't walk around with heaviness. We walk around with joy, you know, because um, joy The joy of the Lord is our strength. So I just want to call out that as much as God is breaking off lethargy, it's because he has so much abundance for us to walk into that we're snoozing right through. And the abundance is not in things. It's in eternal, like the eternal things that will not rust rust or rot. But anyway, I I want to start the party. I want to be a part of the party. Yeah, that's so... I love that. I love that. And I think too, like, you know, part of your vision, the original vision that you had, you talked about how this snake of lethargy was vaporous. Like it was just like you couldn't, it had form and then didn't uh, in and out. And I think, you know, it is, it is a bit of a visual to how so many of the things that we give our lives for or spend our, spend our lives Mm -hmm. on. So whether we, you know, take stock of time, treasure, and talent, um, it is vapor. It's, it's, it's just, it's just smoke. Like there's nothing, there's no substance behind it. And, you know, it's an important season to take stock of those things. Like what are we investing our, our precious, precious time into? What are we, what are we, what are we investing our mind into thinking? What are we, what, leaning into what are we spending our money on what are we what are we spending our money on honestly because i know for a long time um you know it's like oh okay i'm gonna buy a house and now i want to buy a bigger house and now i'm gonna upgrade to this house and then you know and this is just kind of the way it's just kind of the way of life and man i just wonder i just wonder if we thought differently about all of this i mean really and radically like you're saying radically if we thought differently about all of it it's funny you were, as you were t- telling the story about the bell i was thinking like and you said it's you know you have to ring the bell so crazy like you you look crazy doing it like and i thought well there it is the battering ram it's yeah it's you it's when you worship you don't look like yeah, a yeah. crazy person but you know what i'm saying like yeah it is yeah kind of, yeah yeah it is kind of that intensity it that is. you're sensing that we're being called to in this season and the weird thing about it and i don't know if you if you feel it this way as well but it's like to me, it's not about external things mm-hmm. like in this season. It's not like 
it's not as tangible externally as it is like I think what God wants to do in our spirit and spiritual like in the spirit realm it's more the word and the call is more significant there than it is like just in the natural world. Do you know what I mean? Things we can put our hands on and touch. Maybe there is some of that. And I know there will be an outflow of some of that, but it's not about that. Cause I remember like back in, oh my goodness, probably the nineties when God was moving powerfully and pouring out his spirit in powerful ways in like different circles of faith. You had the Brownsville revival or like the vineyard, um, the Toronto airport Christian fellowship movement, or, you know, had these revivals being poured out and there was this call to sort of a, a more radical faith as well in that time. And I even remember times where we would come to the church and we'd bring all of our like books that, you know, didn't honor God and all of our CDs at that time or movies, VHS, it was VHS back then. <laughs> but anything we felt like, yeah. you know, we were, in, we were challenged to go through our houses, take out anything that, you know, didn't bring glory or honor to the Lord. And there was like this very external movement happening. I remember the Lord even convicting Jay at one time about how he dressed and, you know, that he was even to lay down his own fashion and style. And it was, it was a, a revival of sorts, but had a very external motivation. There was obviously transformation that was coming in our hearts, but it manifested almost like in the outward things. It was, it was so interesting. Whereas like in this time, I feel like it is much it's not so much about that. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. It's almost like the Lord is pressing through that, which is external. It's like, yeah, no, duh. Like those things are, do you know? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, but it's going deeper into our spirit and it's a call to our spirit and like eyes of faith to see what we can't see in the natural. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you know what I, I mean? I love that. And all yeah. of that's so intangible. So it's even hard to describe, but exactly. that's how I feel as mm -hmm. we unpack this. And as we walk it out, mm -hmm. it's like, it isn't about doing more. It, it, it really isn't. It isn't about doing more, but it is about a more radical obedience and submission. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's not necessarily going to manifest like do more, do more, do more, do more, mm -hmm. do more. Like, in fact, I think some of it is actually no, do less. No, sit, put all that aside and listen. Just listen. If we don't spend time with the Lord, we're not going to be able to hear mm -hmm. the call, like mm -hmm. the marching orders. Mm -hmm. What? Like if our attention is fixed, then we have to listen for like, what is it that he's asking us to do? And then we have to go do it. <laughs> Or that is so good. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly because it really is a real transformational season. And we look back, it, uh, God is always doing transforming. And like, I mean, we look at what we're experiencing all over the world. God is starting the party and doing transformational work in and through the church with great cost. Like the church is paying a great price for eternal gain. And that's the eyes are fixed fully on the eternal promises and who like the obedience, the radical obedience to God and what he's asked them to do. And that's what God's calling us. We're no different. And I think that's what we're feeling. We're feeling the weightiness of that, that we have lived in a very comfortable society where church, we've had preferences. We've had pretty much, we could pick and choose like a buffet, whatever we want. And things have been stripped back. And all of a sudden it's revealing things about ourselves that you're like oh wow why was that so important or wow like I I really need a deeper level of obedience in this area and I think even watching um, Sheep Among Wolves it's really shown me about the converts versus disciples and I think that's what we're talking a little bit more about it's like I can have a different belief system because I'm converted to Jesus I've my belief system is converted to be a Christian but am I a true disciple in my time Am I a true disciple with my money, with my treasure, with how I view people, the body of Christ, salvation, the commission? That's what we're talking about. And I think that's where God's bringing us to a deeper, deeper level of discipleship, which is transformative. Because now it's not just like a belief system. It's actually a complete surrender of my life to something. And I think that's what's been striking me. And I've literally been... Like we've been saying, it's a knife going in. It's not about doing. It's about my eyes, what I'm seeing, how I'm perceiving, how I'm surrendering, what I'm holding on to. 
What matters to me? Where are my priorities? Where are my idolatry? Oh, what do I place higher value than God? Where's my meh? That's not important. God's like, oh, that's important to me. Like that's important to me today. This is what I want you to do. So I think this is all what we're talking about. And when we look back, even through the podcast, we look back through heart conference, we look back to words we've had. This has been the same word. It's the same word that keeps coming up. Now, right now it's lethargy, a sleepiness, but we actually look back. It's been this the whole time. We've been talking about, give me the eyes to see, you know, um, I want to awaken something new. Awaken. Yeah. Remember the very first word was about the alarm clock. Yes. Pressing the snooze button. Like pressing the snooze button. Like we need to wake up. There's a call to wake. Yeah. About companions. Who are we aligning with? That's just comfortable. It's familiar. Red Rover. Who are we red rovering over to our side? There's only two sides. Kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. There's that there's that's it. There's no middle ground. So everything we're doing is serving something. It's serving something. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And we're not, I'm not saying that watching a show, we're not saying that God blessing you with a cottage or a, a bigger home or whatever. It's, we're not talking about that. But the perception is it's just stuff here to be used for a bigger purpose. It has nothing to do with just my pleasure. Now, does God love joy and family? That's exactly, we're not, we're not talking about that, but maybe we are in some circumstances. Maybe there's times where we're like, well, this is what I want to do. And God's like, no, I want you to give that up. Would you be willing? Will you hold it lightly? It's not yours. None of this is ours. And we're not staying here. And we're going to be held accountable for every breath, every day we had here. And I think that's where God's going, that transformative space to be like, where do our priorities lie? Am I your king? Am I enthroned? Are you following me? Is your attention on me? Or is it just your devotion for a time that's easily led astray? Like, don't trust my heart. Don't trust what I feel. That's the devotion part. I feel this way. I'm devoted to this because it feels good. I feel I feel devoted. No, God's like, I want your attention. I want your eyes fixed. So I think all of this we've been talking about, and you know what? To be truthful, it's going like a knife in my heart, and I don't like it because I'm seeing parts of myself that I'm like, oh, yuck. But you know, that's why God says, I've given you the Holy Spirit because you can't do this. And he says, I'll take your heart of stone. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to create a new, a new, I'm going to give you a new heart, create in me a new heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit. We need a renewing, constant renewing, renewing of perspective, renewing of vision, renewing of attention. It's a renewing constant. That's constant. So God, we received the creating of new and we thank you for the renewing as well. Because what he gives new has to be renewed, which is what I've been just thinking about too, as well as like God's given us a new life in him, but in the new, it needs to be renewed every day, renewed, renewed, because we are prone to wander. We are prone to stray and we need to be chained to his heart. We need to be literally every day. I'm like, chain me because seriously, I just drift. And uh, so thank you, God, that you're waking the bell. Like he is sounding the bell. And we're just sleeping, but that bell is going. Yes. And it's yes. for our own good. It's for our own good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, my goodness. You know, I think about how the scriptures describe the enemy as, you know, he disguises himself as an angel of light. And it's a disguise, so it's a deception. It's not true, but it comes like an angel of light. And again, like even the garden, he is disguised as an angel of light so does seem good and right and you know the scriptures even say the apple was was like good to look at good to the eye and to the taste like and that is exactly what it's like and i think part of you know what the lord is doing in this season is trying to help us to discern Mm. what is being disguised as an angel of light that seems good to us because it plays to our comfort. It plays to that which pacifies us. It plays Mm. to that which, again, lulls us into a space of sleep versus the actual light and the truth that sometimes leads us into more difficulty or challenge. But in that space, when we are walking in the obedience of Christ, there is much greater joy 
even in suffering. And so I had this like picture of like somebody maybe sitting in, I don't know, their dream house or their, you know, their dream cottage or whatever, sitting there and comfortable and just enjoying. And that's, that's absolutely, that, that, there's nothing wrong with that unless the enemy's pacifying that space or I pictured you know someone who's maybe imprisoned for their faith and yet they're experiencing the depth of the presence of God in that moment and they're sitting in with with their natural eyes their surroundings do not look pretty but their spirit is more alive than it's ever been before because they count it uh, like they count like oh God that you would count me worthy to suffer for you like that heart that mindset and I think okay like right like you're saying it cuts like a knife you're like what am I what do I want out of life you know what do I as I imagine going into retirement years as I imagine like what does the future look like am I imagining (laughs) this space of Lord would you count me worthy to suffer for you that that space of like would that be the ultimate like enlightenment, I guess, of our faith journey of getting to that place of finding true joy and suffering? Or is it finding joy in comfort? So I, there is like, there's a radical call, I think in the midst of this and just an awareness of like, oh my goodness, just keep your eyes open. Because the thing is, this journey looks different for every person. It looks different for every person. And so one person, it may look this way and another person, it may look this way, but what's happening in the spirit, in the spirit of a man is the most important. And we have to be obedient to the call that the Lord has us walking. And it it, ultimately our allegiance has to be to Christ and his Mm -hmm. his supremacy over our life. Mm -hmm. It has to be everything. So that means being willing to give up whatever we do have, but also the Lord may say, this you you can have you can steward this this is part of your stewardship here on earth so it's not like one way and i know it kind of sounds like i'm saying oh the the only pathway is you know to be in prison for your faith Mm -hmm. that's not what i'm saying but i am saying we've got to get rid of anything that's preventing us from getting to that space because no matter where we are can we genuinely say like paul i'm content in all things Mm -hmm. i'm content in suffering Mm -hmm. in beatings and persecution like can we and that's 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 the the part of this journey because we don't know what's coming down down the way we really really don't and all we do know is that this lethargy is more dangerous than losing your life for your faith it's more dangerous it it's more dangerous dangerous. to your soul absolutely absolutely yeah because i love that story when we go back to that um the church that was suffering and they came to the west and they didn't last. They wanted to go back. So like, this is more dangerous. The church is sleeping and I'm falling asleep versus being willing to put their life at risk every day of dying every day for Christ. And they Kept went back into that alert yep. and pure. They felt like there was a purifying yeah. to that of the simplicity. Yeah. Yes. And the radical, radical obedience and reliance on God. And, you know, you live here in the West and it's you hear stories like that. And that's the first question. I'm like, God, how do I live here? like woken up to you not woke up to culture not woke i'm talking about awake to you and your voice and how do i live with that same radical obedience because like you said it's going to look different and it's not about the external it's not about you know if you have this car that you shouldn't or feeling that shame we're not talking about that or if you have a cottage or a big house or if you've got a certain amount of income like that's not what we're talking about but we are talking about a harder thing. It'd be easier if that was just a measurement. Honestly, honestly, yes. if you want to, yes. if you want to be truthful, yes. that'd be easier to be like, okay, then you because just give you all can, that up. You can give all that up and still not actually be fully, fully, fully given over. To That's the Lord. exactly like it's because it really is a spirit and a heart space. And that is a harder thing yeah. to deal with because we are blind. We don't even know when we're being lulled to sleep. We don't yeah. even know. But honestly, the Holy Spirit is so good to sound the alarm yeah. because it is for our good. But this is what we're talking about, that heart space. And so today, as you're listening, may you feel the knife of conviction and not condemnation. Those are different. Condemnation brings a heaviness, like a not good enough, a shame, that feeling of heaviness. That's not it. Conviction 
draws us closer to be more like, want to be more like Jesus, more to the foot of the cross, more aware that without him, we are nothing. We need him. And actually what we're talking about today, we can't even do. And even Paul talks about like nothing we can do, we can boast about. Nothing. This is all by the work of the Holy Spirit. So really it's holding our hands up and saying, disciple me. Holy Spirit, you're with me. Disciple me. I haven't been left here on earth alone. When Jesus went to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit living within us to help us to be our guide, to be our teacher, to disciple us, to show us because we are blind. We need the light of truth. And so today, may you feel the conviction. May you feel, even as you're looking at your life and plans, and even today when you're thinking about what am I to do? When you go home, ask the Holy Spirit, what would I do right now? It may not be just put on that numbing Netflix show. Just lay on the couch. It may be open your Bible, put on a worship song, sit, just soak, pray, get on your knees, go minister to a neighbor, go make a meal, go buy. You might be in line. And all of a sudden the Lord says, buy the, that person their groceries today. It could be pick up the phone call. It could be literally sit down with my kids and just hug them and ho- watch a Disney movie that you can't stand, but they love. You know, what is God asking you to do? What does that ministry look like? And it doesn't always, we're not talking about that doing more or on the outside looking more spiritual. It's about being obedient and saying, God, my time is yours. My treasure is yours. My talent, my, my things are yours because I'm yours. And you know what? I don't do that perfectly. And that's a struggle for me. And, but I do know that as we just every day say, okay, I'm not giving up this fight. I'm not tapping out and saying, oh, yesterday was a bad day or today it's a new day. It's a wrestle. We're wrestling out. And literally, we know the enemy wants to put the snooze on. He wants us to pull up that cover of lethargy because, man, it feels good. And, man, it's way easier. It's so much easier. That's why it's a broad road. He talks about the narrow road and the broad road. It's way easier to go down a really broad road when he talks about salvation. Way easier. Or just lay back in bed, put up the covers, just numb out. Way easier. Oh, yeah. But you know what? God says, work now while it's light. It's still day. Work now. The harvest, there's a harvesting. And I want to be part of that. I want to be part of the party. Yes, yes. And I want my spirit to be awake. I want to be able to see. I want to be able to discern. Yes. I want to see the difference between, you know, what is coming to try to pull me away, to try to get me to wander, and what is coming that actually is for my good that maybe I don't want. (laughs) You know, I just, I want to be able to see. So. I know. Uh, still feeling it. Still I know. It's it. like a, a knife in the last story. Yeah. I think like we've been really moved by the sheep among wolves. Yeah. Which happened in 2019. I think the last one or 220, which we hadn't even seen before we started sharing this word about lethargy. Right. And we both ended up watching it yeah. around the same time so, without yeah, telling without each without other. Knowing, yeah. And we kind of we both found it. Yeah. Found it. And uh, anyway, all that to say, there's this one story of um, that I end up watching about these two women that were imprisoned in Iran, and I watched their testimony. And this is this is kind of an offshoot from um, the Sheep Among Wolves documentary. I started just looking at some that have stories about coming out of the prisons and what they've been sharing. And she was just saying, like, you know, the first two weeks they went into the prison, they were Christians and spreading the gospel. They got taken into um, to jail, and uh, terrible, like horrific conditions, and one of the worst jails in Iran and it, it's known to be a horrific with a lot of political prisoners are in there even children because if their parents are in there the family's in there it's terrible and so she was sharing a little bit of the story of it and how the first two weeks were so hard like every day they're being interrogated you know brought into a room told they're going to be killed they're hearing people being beat the mental torment of just being in a prison like that and uh you know them just kind of adjusting as humans in this kind of condition and she said two weeks in, it was about two weeks in, <clears throat> she was just, they were just praying and asking God for strength and really asking God, because they're human too, asking God, like sleeping on crazy cold, freezing cold, urine-soaked blankets, like nowhere to go to the bathroom, like terrible, terrible conditions. And uh, she said after two weeks of praying, people started getting saved. And she said a joy, a supernatural joy came over them to realize that God had allowed them to be imprisoned so all of these people could hear the gospel. Oh my And I'm there pretty much weeping, thinking, now that's eyes to see. Now in your humanity, I loved how they shared the first two weeks. Like it was, they were literally clinging to each other every night, asking God to help them, tormented, overcome, like 
worried about their family. How like does their family know what's going on? Like their family had no idea what was happening to them. Were they going to be killed the next day? Afraid to die. Like really afraid. How were they going to die? They were going to be hung. Like that's that's so scary. Like when you just think you're human part and just asking God to help them. But then all of a sudden a supernatural joy coming over them as they were praying for people. As they're, and then people dying after that, but coming to know Christ and realizing they were brought into prison and the joy, and they were ended up being released. But I just was thinking, you know, this is what we're talking about. That Now that is an incredible, incredible story. But in our own life now, like some of the circumstances, some of you listening right now may be in a place that you're like, my, my life feels full of despair and distress and discouragement and none of us know what tomorrow holds we don't know what kind of trials are ahead of us but we do know this in the midst of it god can shine a light and use us in ways that are impossible in our own strength and i just took away from that story to say you know no matter the circumstance there is a gospel message to be shared in the greatest loss in the greatest suffering in the greatest darkness and i say this as i'm watching this story on my cozy couch watching this testimony, okay? So I'm not saying this from any experience and I don't know what tomorrow holds. And even saying that, I'm like, oh God, you would have to give strength. But I just was so appreciative that they shared the honesty and authenticity of how they were humanly going through, like the human emotions, but how God intervened because they surrendered and they began to pray and ask God to help And God did. He broke through. And how he helped, they still stayed in prison for three years. It was, they weren't rescued two weeks later. But God showed them that he was using them. And they helped came through the perspective and the eyes to see the glory to God that they were bringing by being in that prison. And I was like, Lord, thank you that no matter the circumstances, I get on my face before you, you can do that. And so those of you listening, God can do that. In your hardest circumstance, God can do that. God can turn all things that the enemy means for harm to good. God can take the most hard situation and show you the way you are bringing the light of the gospel by the way you're living, the way you're loving, the way you're choosing to walk through a season. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Hold fast. And so follow your king because no matter the prison you may find yourself in today, you may not be in a prison I ran suffering for your faith, but you may be in a prison of a circumstance that your circumstances brought you into. Know that God, your king, is bringing, he's breaking those chains free. It may not change on the outside, but it will change on the inside. So follow your king. He is the freedom-making God, and he is setting you free today to give you fresh eyes to see even your perspective on what he's doing in your circumstance. And so I say that to say, I want to follow the king. I want to have the eyes to see what the king is doing, regardless of what the outside looks like. And even in my comfort, May I not be lulled and deceived thinking I'm so free because I feel free when I can be in the greatest bondage that I've ever been in my life. So God, my eyes are fixed on you, my king, and I want to walk in freedom. So I follow you. Oh, so good. Amen to that. There's nothing I can add. (laughs) Amen. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.